BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Today's episode is sponsored by CBD for Life. I've talked about them the past few episodes, and I hope you've been checking out their products. And if you have, I definitely want to hear which ones you're loving. If you're unfamiliar with CBD for Life, it's an incredible CBD brand. I've you, I've tried a few of their products. I am such a fan. The CBD for Life Lavender Rub, I absolutely adore. Um, you don't have to get lavender. I'm a huge fan of lavender. It like calms me down, which I need because... You know, I have my anxiety and all my shit going on and I, I need my, uh, my lavender, but there's also lemongrass and others. So that I love, I love their roll on oil also in lavender, big fan. And uh, really just all their products are really great. They're great quality products. Um, and I just, I really just love what the company stands for. I love what they're all about. I definitely urge you to check them out because they have just really great things. Like they have a topical spray, they have eye serum. I didn't even know CBD there was a such thing as CBD eye serum. It's awesome. Um, there's lip balm. I mean, foot cream, everything. So definitely go check them out. CBDforlife.us. Be sure to use my code hashtag no filter at checkout and you'll get 20% off your order. Now on to today's episode. Today's episode is with Ashton Pinar. If you're unfamiliar with Ashton, he is on Below Deck and he's the bosun on Below Deck. Uh, if you are familiar with Ashton and you watch Below Deck, you obviously ha- know what's been going on. You've seen the last couple episodes. You've probably you're probably following along on social media so I just want to say before getting into the episode that I feel everyone good bad ugly no matter what they deserve a platform to tell their story and you might not agree with everything Ashton said or has done and you might but regardless I think it's important to give everyone that chance to tell their story I also don't think that one thing you do necessarily defines who you are good people can do bad things sometimes and good people can make mistakes and good people can screw up every now and then. It happens. We're human. And I think it's really, really incredible that Ashton was so open and honest and vulnerable with me and that he shared this story. It cannot be easy. I just wanted to say that going into the episode that I really, really appreciated Ashton's honesty. And I I really, um, I'm happy that I was able to give him a platform to tell his side of the story and to to apologize and to explain, you know, what happened, why it happened and and how he's recovering from it. Uh, All right. So, I hope you listen to this episode with an open heart and open mind and 
you know, really just um, listen to listen to what he has to say. And and we also, of course, don't just talk about everything that's been going on. We, we talk about Below Deck in general and some really fun stuff. So um, I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Here is Ashton Pinar on Hashtag No Filter. Hi, Ashton. Thank you so much for coming on Hashtag No Filter. Hey, Judy. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm very excited and my followers are very excited. So this will be a good one. So before we get into all the fun, juicy questions, can you just give everyone a little background for those who don't know you or who may not know where you come from and just a little background, kind of the Ashton life story in a nutshell? Um, Well, I'm from South Africa, from Johannesburg, um, and I got into yachting um, a couple of years ago, after doing um, seven years in the corporate world, um, I just got bored of the mundane and routine life, mm-hmm. and uh, I decided to pretty much sell everything back home that I owned, and I went on a little adventure to the south of France, and um, you know, landed my first job that way, wow. and um, pretty much haven't looked back since then, and it obviously brought me towards um, Below Deck, the, right. the TV show. So um, you know, if if yachting in itself wasn't wasn't exciting enough for me. I kind of uh, went the whole TV route. <laughs> yeah, you just like went <laughs> all in. <laughs> so when did you start? When did you originally get into yachting? How old were you? Um, I was 27. So Tw- three, four, you know, four years ago. Oh, not too long ago. So did you know growing up that you like was yachting on your mind or what? Like, did you ever think this was going to become a career? Not at all. I mean, yeah. I'd always, I'd grown up on the water doing, you know, wakeboarding and water skiing and, and stuff like that. But um, never really into any big boats or anything like that. Um, yachting pretty much the, the way that it came about was a friend when I, when I knew that I didn't want to be in the corporate world, um, then I kind of started looking for options of things to do. And a friend of mine at the time was busy with his yacht, um, doing his courses. Right. And in that moment, I was just like, well, that seems like something I can do. Um, you know, I wanted, I was at the point where I wanted to travel and see the world and it was like, it seemed just like the perfect way to do it and earn money. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. Every week when I watch him, like, how do I do that? How do I, how do I get on there? <laughs> no, it's amazing. So, so then below deck, of course, you know, you end up on below deck. How, how would you describe if you could, I mean, I'm sure it's, it's a very broad question, but how would you describe what your experience has been like on the show thus far? Um, you know, I think the the main thing with this with a reality TV show is that you are you're doing your professional job, but you have the pressure of cameras being on you twenty four seven, which which obviously changes things a lot. Right. Um. So you know, when I went to, when I started on the show last year, my whole goal was just to be as as normal and as you know real as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. Um. And you know that that's what I've what I've tried to do. Right. Um. Yeah. But obviously, just with the cameras being being on you all the time, it does add a bit of pressure to everything. Right. I imagine because uh, it's it's is it twenty four seven? Their cameras on you, or their parts of the day they're not filming. The they are filming us twenty four seven. Wow. So did that take a lot of getting used to? <laughs> I think it took me a good you know two weeks to kind of get get used to it. Yeah. Um, it's 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 tricky to to just carry on with your your daily routines. And ignore this big guy with a big camera in your face. <laughs> right. But it's kind of hard to, to miss. Well, um, right. <laughs> well, and you're in tight yeah. quarters. I mean, the rooms aren't like these, right? Like, it's not the biggest space. No. You know, um, yachts are not known for, for big crew areas. Um, you know, I've, we've actually been pretty lucky on the show, the two boats that we had. The crew areas have been have been nice and big, actually. Yeah, they seem um, like a decent size, but still, like, it's probably a lot. Because when we see you guys, it's however many there are of you. But then there's also a whole camera crew right there as well. Exactly. So, yeah. So, yeah. It's, a it's, boat that's, 
very big becomes very small very quickly. I imagine. I imagine. So how like how hard I get. So yesterday on my Instagram, when I said I'm having Ashton on a, a bunch of people sending questions, I'm including some of them in here and some of them were repeat questions. And one of that that was repeated a lot was how hard would you say or easy is it to watch yourself back on TV? Like, do you watch every week or do you not? Or what's your kind of what do you do with that? Yeah, well, I've, I've been keeping up with the show and I watch every week. Um, it is pretty tough. You know, sometimes we don't behave in the best ways possible. Right. Um, so, you know, this season as well, there's been a few times where I kind of, um, you know, a little bit embarrassed or ashamed of the way that, I, that I've behaved. But, you yeah. know, I kind of just keep – the the mentality that I have towards that is that, you know, unlike other people that just carry on living their world, uh, living their life out there in the world, they don't really get to see any of their negative behavior right. um, and, would never, and would never know any better or, or be able to change it. So I'll, I'll try and take positivity out of it. And, you know, once you get over the shame and the embarrassment, you kind of look at it and say, well, you know, I wasn't happy with what I saw or the way that I behaved and I want to change and become a better person. Right. So I think, I think we're fortunate to kind of have that opportunity and we would be stupid not to learn from that. I think it's, I actually think it's awesome. I, cause I was thinking about that when I was, you know, getting ready for the interview and I watched the last couple, I mean, I watch all the time, but the past couple episodes and I feel like if I could look back on my life and see things I've done, I feel like it's such a, like I'm, I'm a big proponent of therapy. I, I have a therapist I've been going for the past decade and I like, I feel like it's almost like therapy. Like you look back on what you did and if you like think, you know, you kind of learn about yourself in a different way, which a lot of people don't get to do. 100%. So how, so obviously now that you brought it up the last couple of weeks with everything going on, how, like, what are your tools for kind of dealing with what happened? Like, are you a, are you a therapy person? Like, how do you kind of deal when things are a little, you know, rocky and your, you know, self-reflection? Like, what do you do? Yeah, look, I think, um, you know, personal development has been something that's, that's, um, you know, I've, I've involved in my life um, yeah. a lot more over the last few years. So Self-reflection is a massive thing for me. Um, I, you know, I'm the hardest person on myself. So right. you know, I set high standards for myself. And if I see things and behaviors that I don't like, I'm the one that's coming down on myself the hardest. Right. And, um, you know, I've got tools and things that I use to kind of assess these situations. For me, the biggest thing is also just to understand <clears throat> why certain behaviors and why certain things come out. Right. Um, so you know, for the, the last two episodes, it was... I had to look back at why I reacted like I did in the situation. I had yeah. to look at the environment in its entirety, and I had to look at it objectively. I had to take myself out of the situation um, and really assess it. And and you know that's what I've for me that's how I make sense of things. You know we're not yeah. we, we're not crazy people, and we don't all just act out because we're crazy or because we're psychotic. Of course not. Uh, you know we all have emotional triggers. We all have things that that um, we need to work on. We all have demons in, in inside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and you know it's it's a pressure cooker. The whole the whole program. You know we're on a boat for seven weeks with people we've just pretty much met. Mm -hmm. um, dynamics are not always going to gel. Um, right. And you know I think that's why the show is is as popular as it is because it is just it's a pressure cooker and mm -hmm. drama is, is going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, it's inevitable. <laughs> so so yeah, you know. But, but to, to go back to your question, yeah, I, I dissect everything and I try and understand it in its entirety. And a big thing for me is also to, to see a different viewpoint. You know, I, I have certain morals and values which makes me behave in a certain way mm -hmm. and it makes me understand certain behavior in a certain way. Right. But there are other people and there is always another, another side. So, for example, you know, seeing Kate's side or seeing Tanner's mm -hmm. side or see, seeing a different perspective is something that I've, that I've learned to do. You know, I don't have to agree with somebody's point of view or their perspective, right. but I can't I can't ignore the fact that it exists. Exactly. That's such I a good, to, exactly. And, and, you know, I need to respect that. 
Um, so, so yeah, this this whole thing that's happened, you know, I, I completely see and understand how how um, you know my behavior was inappropriate in, in in the moment in the moment. And the only thing I can do is learn from it. You know, right. I've I've apologized a few times, and you know, I'll, I'll say sorry again. I don't I don't think that my my behavior was acceptable in any way. Right. Um, and you know, and, and like I said, I'm I'm the hardest person on on myself. Yeah. I am my my biggest critic. Um, and I allowed myself to become a victim of, of that environment well, not, not a victim yeah. but I, I allowed myself to get upset in in that moment you know no matter what happened or what was said I should have enough control over myself to not allow any external environment to make me that angry right. and um, you know I, I didn't have that control and one of the reasons I didn't have, have that control is I drank way too much mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's a major issue and a major problem as well that I'm that I'm busy addressing in my own life right you know so, I mean, you're, you're obviously very self-aware. I mean, you're like, you know, you've, you've been able to look back on this and you're, you're, you know, it's going out. You're so self-aware. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, exactly. That's no, that's so how, so how is it now? Are you and Kate friends? Like, are how, how has the relationship changed? Are you, do you guys talk? You know, I, I hadn't, um, you know, obviously I was, I was so drunk that night that I didn't remember all the details of what mm-hmm. happened. So, um, when I saw the actual initial trailer, um, and I saw me punching the window, you know, I immediately reached out to her and, and apologized to her because I didn't understand the extent of, of the actual situation right. that happened. Um, <clears throat> and she was very dismissive of that. Um, she pretty much, you know, told me that her words were, it's a good thing I'm practicing now, um, the apologies, because I'm going to have to do it publicly at least a few times throughout the season. And she just kind of wished me luck. Oh. So that was kind of the last conversation we had. Um, and I, and I kind of just left it at that. Right. And I think it's very, I think it's very evident in, um, you know, the, the her social media campaigns and things like that on where she stands with me. I'm a very reasonable person. Right. Um, like I say, you know, I can see both sides and I can see both perspectives. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that from her side, it's very, very one-sided at the moment. And, right. you know, I've got to step back and, and respect that. I'm not going to beg anybody to be my friend. Right, um, of course. But, and hope you know, maybe I, over time, you know, things, you know, time kind of heals everything I've learned. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, you know, I'm not saying we'll never, we'll never ever be friends down the line, but I think she might have something else to say to that. So. Right. It's so crazy. Like, as you're talking about this, I'm just thinking like in real, in real life, obviously it's real life for you, but in, in, when you're not on a reality show, this shit can happen often to people and they deal with it and then they move on. But yours, I mean, millions of people are watching like that's, that has to be tough. I mean, yeah. it's, 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 yeah, you know, like you think about it, I'm like, oh, like, you know, maybe this wouldn't have been as such a big deal if like it happened to like, a, you know, the random person next to me, you know, it's just, it's, yeah. I give you a lot of credit to be able to, you know, well, do it and deal with it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, obviously I can't change what's happened. Um, but what I can do from here is just allow and help people to learn from, from the situation that I was in. I think um, it's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. I, I, said, I said that in my apology, um, you know, clip that I put on Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, like you say, these things happen in real life. Right. And, right. And, and, you know, if, if people can view this and kind of do a, take a bit of a reality check on their own life, um, you know, if they saw something in me and they, you know, they felt that they have the same types of struggles. Um, I just hope that I can help somebody prevent themselves from getting into any kind of, you know, bad situations exactly. or something like that. Exactly. Learning from no, I think it's great. I think it's awesome that you're so honest and that you're talking. I think it's, it's awesome. So, um, segueing into more about um, the crew and everyone, let's talk about Captain Lee. What was it like to come back to work with him? 
Um, Captain Lee and I ended off my first season very well. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I came back, um, you know, with uh, good feelings about about us working together. I think we actually had a, a really good season this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the deck really performed well. Um, I think, you know, our, our charters went went well. We didn't have any accidents or things that we had last year, which was obviously right. good from a, from a safety perspective. Yes, yes. I, I really look forward to coming back and, and working with him. That's, he seems so like when I watch it each time, I'm like, he's so he's like so tough, but so good. Like, I just I feel like I want to be his friend. Like, he seems really like a great like he's good at what he does. Right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's um, so what what did you think of your deck team? We'll be right back. Do you guys hate buying glasses like I do? Is that just me? I find it to be the most annoying, time consuming kind of boring process ever. I don't wear glasses all the time. I have to wear them when I'm watching TV or, you know, uh, you know, if, if I'm driving. So I have prescription sunglasses and prescription regular glasses. And I have contacts, but I don't really wear them. I'll wear them if I go, I don't know, I probably wear them a dozen times a year. But my glasses I wear every day when I'm watching TV, every day when I'm driving. And for so long, I just hated the process. Not only did I hate the process, it was just so expensive. Glasses were so expensive. I could not fathom what I was spending on these glasses. Well, enter Warby Parker. My optical regular glasses, you know, that I would wear to watch TV are Warby Parker, as well as my sunglasses. Now, I had known of Warby Parker for a while, but I just had never, you know, gone into the store. So I finally went into the store. I think it was when I was living in Houston. And it was the most easy, painless, kind of fun experience for buying glasses. They made it so easy. I was in and out of that store so fast. And what's even better is that Warby Parker obviously is a website and you don't have to go into the store. Are you lazy? Are you watching Netflix right now? Well, no, you're listening to my podcast. But if you're watching Netflix, you you don't have to go in the store. You can do this online. If you're looking for glasses, whether it be sunglasses, regular, they don't have to be prescription. They can be just regular glasses without a prescription. I urge you to check it out because it made my life a lot easier when I had to get glasses. If you want a five-day home try-on complete with five pairs of glasses to choose from, go to warbyparkertrial.com slash hashtag. Use my code slash hashtag uh, and you'll be able to get that, uh, you'll get be able to get that deal. So definitely check it out. If you get the glasses, put them on Instagram, tag me so I can see how cute you look and or not cute you look. I'm happy to tell you which I like on you and which I don't. So uh, be sure to check out Warby Parker. Back to the show. Um, I was really, really happy with, with the, the deck crew. Um, <clears throat> you know, we, we go back to the early days with Abby. Mm-hmm. Um, Abby and Tana, I said from the beginning, were, were just really, really awesome. Um, you know, Brian's experienced, Tana's experienced. Um, Abby wasn't so experienced on motor yachts, but she just had such a great outlook and great attitude to yeah. start off with. So, you know, we kind of just helped each other through everything. But it was almost like the perfect team for me to go into my first bosun gig with. Um, yeah. So it really, really helped me. Um, you know, unfortunately, Abby got distracted by things that were happening in her personal life. And I think the, the motor yacht type of lifestyle was just not for her. Right. Um, working on, on sail yachts, the, the vibe is just so much more laid back and so much more chilled. Interesting. Um, where, where motor yachts are very um, fast paced and it's, it's quick. Everything's happening quick. You've got to react quick. You've got to, you know, there's not much sleep. So it's, it's very intense and it's just not for everybody. Right. Um, you know, then we, then we look, we go further down in the season and. Abby obviously left, and mm-hmm. and Riley Riley came back. Yep. Uh, and you know, 
my first thing with Riley was how was I going to kind of try and give her the opportunities that she didn't have the previous, uh, the previous season. Right. Um, so I, you know, I went over and beyond to try and include her in things to try and teach her how to, how to do some of the big jobs. Um, and obviously things, things went a bit, bit sour throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, there is this crazy misconception, well, crazy misconception. I can see how people might have perceived this, but, um, there's been talks about me having warned Tanner and Brian about Riley in a negative, negative life, right. um, setting her up for failure, um, which is absolute rubbish. Right. Um, if you know, if you speak to Brian and Tanner, if anything, I, I told them that we need to give Riley a clean slate mm-hmm. and not on anything that happened from last season. Um, yeah, you know, when when Riley came in, I I knew what what I was gonna kind of have on my hands, um, and. I was just trying to prevent any of the blowouts that we had from last season. Um, but any, you know, any kind of um, opinions that Tanner and Brian made of of Riley were were, were solely on them. Those were opinions that they that that came about on on their own. Right. I did not ever go to them and say, "Oh, Riley's a hothead. Riley's like this. Riley's like that," and and form some kind of negative opinion about it from from the get go because that would only be detrimental to me in the beginning because that would just start fights and make my life. A whole, of like, course. a whole lot more more difficult to deal with. So if anything, I was trying to keep the peace, and I was trying to keep a great dynamic between us to keep everybody happy. The last thing I wanted to do was deal with drama and fights on a daily basis. Right. So why would I go and badmouth Riley to them? Because it's, it's just going to be counterproductive to the whole situation. Right. Ex- exactly. No, that makes perfect sense. I mean, it can't be like because this is your first time being a bosun. How? By the way, like becoming a bosun that seems very. Um, like hard to do and I feel like it happened for you quickly is that the norm where you get kind of promoted promoted is that what they say in the yacht I don't know where they get to the next level pretty quickly or um you know I think it all depends on what boat you're in and what program you you are a part of um you know and and also what what licenses you get so typically someone would need to get a yacht masters or a, a master of yacht certificate like I have to kind of move up into a bosun's role so it kind of just it's 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 very individual. How much work are you willing to put in? How much sea time do you have? Because sea time is a big thing for experience yeah. in order to get these um, these these next licenses and things. But um, it did come pretty quickly for me, um, and obviously it happened on a TV show, so right, the right. pressure was pressure was even bigger. Of course. Uh, but you know, like w- when I look back at most of what's happened this season, um, in in the working environment, when we were on the boats, I was pretty proud of the way things things happen and the way that the crew kind of um, worked. And like I said, I think we had a successful season in terms of the deck crew. Um, obviously, my social behavior leaves a little <laughs> bit to be desired. <laughs> <laughs> it happens to the best of us. No, I think, but that's what, I mean, being a bosun, that's, that's, I mean, that seems very hard, especially someone like me who has no idea how to do any of that, but hard and to manage a team. And so, you know, everything with Riley, I mean, you do the best you can in the situation you're put right <laughs> like yeah no that's it's I mean it seems it seems like a lot of work like that I don't even know how to like those knots you tie what is the dot <laughs> what is it called oh the bowling <laughs> yes yes I boat but I don't boat on yachts so I don't <laughs> anyway but um okay so what would you say like what's what's been your favorite what's your favorite thing about what you do all in you know including just being in this yachting world and being on the show like what's your favorite thing about about it all I think it would have to be the traveling aspect of it um, and the places we get to visit. You know, you're working on these million-dollar yachts, um, and you, you kind of you're making sure that these wealthy people are having good vacations. You know, these wealthy pe- uh, people 
are going to the most beautiful places in the world and we are we are there with them making sure they have a good time right. so i definitely say the travel aspect and the places that i've got to visit um and specifically on below deck i mean last year we were in tahiti tahiti was absolutely magical oh, yeah um you know this year in thailand it was my second time going back to thailand but i had i experienced thailand this year um, on the water instead of just being on land like I was when I previously visited. So I think definitely the travel part. Yeah. Um, and then and then meeting people. You know, you, you get to meet people from, from all parts of the world. Um, you know, we from South Africa, we, we worked with Americans, with New Zealand, with people from New Zealand, Australia, the UK. So, you, you know, you really get a good mix um, and, uh, yeah, a good mix of, of cultures that you kind of interact with. And I think it's I think it's um you know it, it changes you as a person. You, I'm sure. Oh my god, what know. it's so, what a cool experience. What someone messaged me yesterday on Instagram after I put that I'm having you on about they're like what how how can I get into yachting? What advice would you give to someone wanting to do what you do? <laughs> well, the, the first thing is that there is a minimum um, certification that you need to be able to work out at sea. So that's something called um, an STCW. Okay. That includes um, your basic survival at sea, firefighting. Um, so all the minimum uh, first aid, for example. So it's like a, a course of five or six modules that you need as a minimum. So that would be the starting point is to do those courses. Mm -hmm. um, and then depending on whether you want to be on the deck team or on the interior team, you know, I would definitely recommend doing a stewardess course right. or food hygiene or any other courses that might help you in the job. Right. Um, you know, uh, for, for deck crew, you could do like a deck rating or, um, you know, do some kind of, uh, deck deck type of course that will just put you you know on a on a on a good starting point right it's but it's, it's, it's is it hard to oh sorry keep going so, so well that that would be the first part would be the the actual accreditation to be able yeah. to work at sea and then the the tough part is actually getting into the industry because obviously you're green which is the term we use for people that don't have any experience mm -hmm. um you can't exactly go through any of the agencies or anything to find a job because you just need the experience so how i got my experience was through day work which is like casual labor right so you would go and literally dock walk with your cv in hand and ask these boats to employ you oh, wow. um on a on a on a um, casual basis and that's how you kind of build your experience and hope that you work well enough and you kind of get a good um you just have a good dynamic with that crew and and hopefully they'll offer you a job wow. so you know when, when i started off i worked on three or four boats just as casual labor before i actually landed my first job so i was working casually for four months before i got my permanent position got it got it and then the first position you got after those four months was it, it what, what kind of boat was it on um, it was on a, a pretty, it was about the same size as the ones that you guys see oh, wow. on, on, on the show. Cool. Um, but I was lucky enough that we were preparing for an Arctic, an Arctic expedition. So it was like the holy grail of first jobs that I could have oh, wow. ever wanted. We visited like 17 countries over a three month period. Um, we took the yacht the furthest north that any luxury super yacht has ever got, had, had ever gone. Oh my God. Um, saw blue whales, we saw polar bears, we saw, it, it was absolutely incredible. So oh I just, my God, I that's amazing. That's, yeah. So how is it being like, I mean, you're away from home a lot. I do, I mean, you love the travel, so I guess it doesn't bother you. You're like, cause you're not, you're not home much, right? Well, I think that would be the only downfall of, of what we do. Well, not the only downfall, but one of the biggest ones for me is is obviously the time away from family and friends yeah. back home. Um, but, you know, it kind of just comes with the territory. When you start off, you understand that these are t the, some of the sacrifices you're going to have to make. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So along the lines of advice, uh, now what advice would you give to your younger self in general, not just about yachting? Um, Man, you know, I would... 
I would have loved to have started yachting or traveling a lot earlier. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would say, you know, my advice to a younger me would be to just spread my wings and take just, well, how can I word this? Like, just take any, any opportunity you can to travel and right. to work traveling to make money before you commit to any types of house bonds or any type of, or, or you know, having children or anything like that. I think the biggest reason why I could do what I did was because I had no dependents. I right. had, you know, I didn't kids i didn't have anything timing down to it was one just place you. it was just me yeah. so so i think that would be my biggest advice before you get any kind of dependence or or stuck into any type of commitments just rather go and travel and see the world because there's so much more out there than we think there is right right no it's amazing so what what would you say what motto or quote like what do you try to live by daily if you could pick a motto like a like a or a phrase something that you try to remind yourself of daily so, I, I live, off, live off of something um, that goes along the lines of having security in the unknown. Mm. Um, I think, you know, just surrendering to, to life and what it has to offer you um, can bring so much fruit. You know, some people want to plan and they want to have a five-year plan mm -hmm. or a ten-year plan, and they live, like, strictly according to that to achieve their next goal. For me, it, it was harder for me just to just let go and to be like, you know, I don't know what's around the corner for me. I don't know what's going to happen next year. But whatever I do get involved in, I'm going to do it to my to the best of my ability. Right. And through that, other doors are going to open for me. Right. That's It's kind of like um, I was talking about this on, I think, my last podcast episode about finding comfort in the discomfort. Like some people are so scared of the unknown and that uncomfortable exactly. feeling. But like it like it, like relishing like it, it can be the best thing you've ever done. Exactly. That's yeah. Good. That's I love it. Um, so my the last portion of every podcast I do, it's called it's like my little rapid fire round. So very random, fun questions that have nothing to do with what we just talked about. So the first thing that comes to your mind. Um, okay, so if someone were to, if there was a movie made about your life, who would play you? Um, well, I've been told a lot that I look like Patrick Swayze, so I think it would only be like fitting for someone that looks like me to play. So I'd probably say Patrick Swayze. Yeah. I'd also go with maybe Brad Pitt or Leonardo DiCaprio, just because I really like them as actors. I mean, Brad Pitt, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, their movies are always so great, and I think they always play the roles really, really well. So those would probably be my top three picks. Okay, I like it, I like it. Okay, if you could have lunch or, at, you know, coffee, anything with anyone living or dead, who would it be? Um, I think, you know, like the early enlightened individual that walked the earth, um, you know, before the world became as twisted as it was. So, you know, someone like Buddha or Jesus or right. even someone like Mahatma Gandhi, I think, um, could offer so much wisdom and okay. guidance on, on just ways to deal with all the negative things that happen in the world today. So yeah, yeah I think I'd probably sit with one of them. Good answer. <laughs> um, all right. Cool. If there was a plane, an airplane outside of where you are right now, where would you have it take you anywhere in the world? Um, somewhere tropical and exotic, maybe the Seychelles, um, Bahamas, well, actually, you know, you know, the way I'm feeling right now, I actually just want to go back to South Africa and visit family. Oh, yeah. Now, when are you going <laughs> back next? Do you have a trip to go back? Um, probably within the next month or two, um, I'm going to go back. So nice. Um, okay, yeah. and if you were going and could only bring three things, not people or pets or anything, what three items would you bring? I'd definitely bring some snacks. Mm -hmm. um, I'm always hungry. <laughs> um, probably, uh, you know, just, just the bare minimum. So some clothing on my back, some good shoes, 
um, maybe some exercise bands yeah. and definitely some snacks. I love that. So many people have answered that question as like bringing their cell phone. And I love that you're not bringing your phone. Yeah. If anything, I'll make sure I left that behind. Yes. <laughs> On purpose. <laughs> love it. Um, yeah. Okay. If you had an extra hour in the day to do whatever you wanted, meditate, read, run, what would you do? Um, I think, you know, you mentioned meditation. I think that's a very important one of late. I've really tried to um, duplicate, you know, if I spend an hour in the gym, I spend an hour meditating as well. I think, you know, mental health is just as important and it's not even more important than physical health. Yeah. So I think me um, meditation is a good one. But again, if I could spend more time with friends and family on a daily basis, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, and when you meditate, I just I'm asking for because I'd like to know: Do you use any apps, or do you just kind of do your own thing when you meditate? Um, I've done a few meditation courses. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've learned some very cool techniques and very nice techniques that I use. Mm -hmm. um, if I do use any type of assistance, I'd use like some Hollow Sync um, soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Just it gets your mind on on the correct uh, you know wavelength. Uh -huh. um, but that's about it. Otherwise, all the techniques are, are pretty much taught that I that I use. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. If it was your last meal on Earth, what would it be? Um. You know, I, I'll answer this question by going through my last two days. So I've, I've recently started like a very vigorous eating plan again. Uh -huh. And for some reason, I'm always craving burgers and I'm always craving pizza. So it's probably going to be one of those. One, I one would or pick the other. pizza. <laughs> yeah. Pizza's definitely a big favorite of mine. Awesome. Um, Let me okay. ask you a question. Do, do you like deep dish or thin crust? Oh, good question. Okay. So I have you ever had like Chicago, like Luminalities? I think that it, that's what it's called. Like really good yeah. deep dish pizza. I actually had that earlier this year. I did a trip to Chicago and we did like a bicycle tour and we stopped in Luminati. Was so it not the best pizza about. you've ever had? It was really, really good, <laughs> I must say. I, like, I'm normally a thin crust yeah. person, but, but that was really Yeah, that was I know thin crust makes me feel a little healthier. So, yeah, you know, there's for sure. that. What are you most looking forward to in the new year? You know, I kind of live each year by just having that whole, uh, you know, security and the unknown type of mentality. So, you know, in just a broad way, I'm looking for whatever it holds for me. I don't know what it's going to be. I, I honestly feel like 2020 is going to be a massive year. So I'm just excited. I'm excited for whatever's coming my yeah. way. To kind of just take it with both hands and, and live the opportunities. I love that. Tell everyone um, where they can follow you. If they're like, are, are you big? You're pretty big on social media. I mean, big, like you post a lot on social media, I feel like. Yeah. So I'm big on Instagram. Yeah. Um, that's where I post a lot of, a lot more of my stuff. Um, it's just my full name, Ashton Pinar. Yep. Um, I've distanced myself from Twitter. Okay. It's a very negative, negative place at the moment. Yeah, so a lot I'm of people say that. Um, yeah, so it's just it's just not a place that I like to hang around on. Um, and then obviously I, I have a, a fan page on Facebook as well, which is Ashton Pinar um, hyphen below deck. Okay. And those are pretty much the two that I'm active on. Awesome, awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much. This was so fun. Thank you for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. Of course, of course. And there you have it. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing from Ashton. I appreciate his honesty and his openness so much and how just how open he was about, you know, everything going on the past few episodes on the show. And I really think it's really cool of him that he uh, he's so self-reflective. I think that was that's great. I hope you enjoyed this. And uh, all right. As always, you can follow me on Instagram and everywhere, actually, at by Julie Lauren. And I'll talk to you very soon. Thanks so much. Bye.
Hey America, Christopher Hahn here of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. What is with the president and the right-wing echo chamber encouraging these astroturf protests against stay-at-home orders around the country? It's ridiculous and it needs to stop. Check out the Aggressive Progressive Podcast wherever you download podcasts. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, COVID continues to reshape the law. Supreme Court arguments will be held by teleconference. The justices won't even know if the lawyers are wearing pants, which is fair given the eternal mystery of what's under those black robes. Los Angeles County is springing 25% of its inmates. The sheriff suggests folks get ready for what might be a spike in crime. Check it all out on the next episode of Too Many Lawyers. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.